Hi, I'm Stacy. I love chatting about how to find our callings, preferably cozied up with steaming beverages in a coffee shop. You can connect with me on social media at Stacy Summerow and subscribe to StacySummerow.com for a free discernment packet called How to Make the Right Choice. God's adventure awaits, my friend, and I am thrilled you're on the journey with me. Hey guys, welcome back for another episode. This one is one of the most highly requested episodes, um, and we're long overdue for it. My husband, John, and I have been asked many times to talk about our experience of discerning marriage with each other, especially because there's a lot of curiosity about online dating, how to do it, how to do it well. Um, A lot of people are nervous to try it out. And yes, we did meet online. So we're going to be sharing all the details of that with you, as well as um, some tips on how to just approach it in the right way, how to enjoy it, how to get the most out of it. So I'm really excited to share that with you guys. I also want to ask for your prayers because I am about to launch the biggest thing I've ever done this uh, this coming summer. So the Be Not Afraid conference was huge. It was epic. But what's coming next is actually even more epic. Um, I have hired a team around me and we are working like busy bees to produce another virtual online summit as well as a course. So I've had a lot of people reaching out to me lately, just asking me for advice on making life choices. And I was like, you know, it'd be so amazing if I could refer them to a course, not just give them life advice, but actually allow, give them a method by which to find God's path for them. That's been the long form conversation that I've been having is on discernment with all of my podcast guests here. And I've just been thinking, you know, it'd be just so great if I could do more for people. So I'm just stepping up. I'm doing it. I'm working like crazy to get this discernment course done. It's going to be amazing because it's not just for discerning your vocation. It's for discerning any life choice at any point. So I am super, super, super thrilled to share that with you guys. I will have more details on the next episode, as well as I'll probably be able to start announcing then who is going to be on board for this summit. We've got some amazing people. So just pray for me on that and stay tuned for the next announcement. I also wanted to invite you to join the Called and Caffeinated Patreon community. In case you don't know what Patreon is, it is a way for creators and artists to create sustainable income. So for me as a podcaster and a speaker, it is amazing to know that I have pledges from the people who support my work. So it's not feast or famine. I know that I have a continual uh, network of support coming in every month, which allows me to consistently bring this content to you. It's unique free content that you don't find anywhere else. Pledges for my Patreon community start at just $5 a month. It's like taking me out for a latte every month. And I want to welcome two of my new caffeinated champions on board. We have Danny and we have Allie. You guys are amazing. You make my life so happy by your pledges. Thank you so much for being a part of my community. Something else to note about the Calling Caffeinated community is that not only do you get access to my secondary podcast called Coffee Sips, which is my faith and lifestyle show. We talk about all kinds of cool, fun stuff there. Um, but you also get monthly video chats. Now, I know quarantine has been a very lonely time for a lot of us, and I'm so glad that I have my Patreon community. Um, we've become a tight-knit group, and we are so excited to expand, to welcome anyone who feels like they need a community of faith. Um, and so we, we just invite you to join by going to patreon.com slash called and caffeinated, or you can click on the link in the show notes. Okay, without any more ado, let us get to my conversation with my husband, John Summerow. Here it is. 
Hi, John. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining me Thanks, today. Sweetheart. Good yeah. to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, this is wonderful. We're drinking uh, terrible hotel coffee right now. Is it terrible? I can't tell. It's pretty bad, yeah, but that's okay. It's really fun because we are on a little um, getaway, a very quick getaway. Everything's closed. You know, nothing is really reopening <laughs> yet, but um, but this has been an incredibly restorative time for our marriage. We have our in-laws watching our kids, and it just it's so nice to feel like we're dating again. So I'm looking forward to taking a little walk down memory lane with you about yeah. just our story, our, our dating story, as well as we're going to talk about online dating. So let's pick up, if you want to hear our stories, um, John shared his story on the very first episode of Called and Caffeinated, and I shared mine, I want to say it was something like episode eight. So you can go back and hear the before we met each other stories. And then um, we're just going to pick up from that point. So I want to say for myself that dating, or sorry, that uh, discerning religious life was the best thing I could have done for our marriage. What do you think about that? Because we both discerned religious life before we met each other. Yeah, uh, I've heard you say before in talks and stuff um, that it kind of laid the groundwork for um, embracing whatever vocation God had in store for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, really like making whatever you did next an offering to God, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it really solidified my relationship with God such that I, I could hear his voice and recognize his mm-hmm. voice. Um, I understood I had a foundation that he loves me no matter what. So I, that led to an understanding that your vocation is a gift to another person. It's not, um, I'm going to be a princess on my wedding day and everything's going to be about me, you know, and of course we're all, we're all a work in progress. It's not like I arrived at this place of perfection. It's just Mm -hmm. more of an understanding that once I enter my vocation, I'm giving of myself, um, rather than I want someone so that I don't have to feel lonely because that part of my heart was already taken care of in a big way by, by God. And like you said, uh, discernment is so much a, a process of examining your own desires yeah. and mm-hmm. identifying which are deeper and, you know, pure or more real, mm-hmm. more godly. And, um, yeah, like the, the discernment of uh, married life and a spouse is so wrapped up in all these kind of preconceptions about, you know, what, what we want, what we, you know, are attracted to, um, there's like a lot of selfishness potentially mixed in with that. So um, trying to put all that kind of stuff in its proper place and also mm-hmm. look for, for God and God's will in, in yeah. your spouse and your vocation. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. So let's go to February or March 2015, which was the month before we met. John, you joined Catholic Match around that time. Mm-hmm. And... Before you went online, so you finished your discernment process of religious life, had you, did you know already that religious life wasn't for you? And if so, how did you know that when you started dating online? Did you sort of finish discerning religious life and then decide I'm going to be married? Or was it that you met me and then decided, oh, I think I'm called to be married? Right. Yeah. It wasn't, I hadn't discounted anything at that point. Like I had, um, I had felt pretty convinced that I was called to religious life for many years. And then after discerning with the Carthusians, I was, um, I just didn't know. I had no idea. Like I, I was still inclined to think that I was called to some kind of religious life, but I didn't feel a a specific call to any order. Mm -hmm. And so it was about a year and a half of just not feeling a specific call anywhere and asking for one and hoping for one and looking for one, but not finding it. And so 
Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it was just a period of like letting God kind of clean some of that out and prepare me for whatever was coming next, which was a hottie. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Likewise. Um, for myself, I felt very called, very strongly called to marriage. I did feel like there was a point at which I was done discerning religious life. And for me, that was feeling a desire for marriage for many months. And then finally just saying, okay, God, I'm going to, I'm going to be open to dating again in a month. This was in November, 2014. I said, I'll be open to dating in December, 2014. If I still feel this desire um, because I had felt it for months and months. And so for a month, I went to daily mass and I did a holy hour and I really tried to stay close to the Lord. And then I said, I'm just going to be open to dating, you know, uh, at this point. And mm-hmm. by the end of that month, I felt very confirmed in my desire to to start dating again with the understanding that if the Lord called me back to religious life, he was going to change my heart. I was open to it. And so I went on Catholic match a little before you. And it's it's a cra- it's a bit of a crazy world sometimes. This online dating world. I've had a lot of we've had a lot of questions about online dating. We're going to get into that in just a second, but um there was a particular moment that I want to pull out because I think it's uh, it was a huge part of my finding you. I went to this young adult brunch where this married couple gave a talk and the woman was talking about how she felt very strongly called to marriage, but she was, I think she was in Rome working with seminarians. And so there was no one in her eligible, you know, eligible in her dating pool, uh, in her immediate circle. So she said she just was very frustrated and she finally just very simply went before the Lord in the blessed sacrament. And she just said, I'm ready. Whatever you want me to change in my life, my job, my location, whatever it is, I'm ready. Like I'm just totally open bring me my man, bring me my husband whenever, um, whenever you want Lord. And she said that she met her husband a couple of weeks later. And I had been, I was in that place myself. I was very much in that place of frustration. Like, where's the guy? I know a lot of men, but they're not interested in dating me. What is happening? And so I just very, after that brunch, I immediately went to a church and I just sat in front of the blessed sacrament and said, Lord, I am ready. I will change. I will move away from New York city. I will, uh, well, I was living on long Island at that point, but um, I still went into New York City frequently to visit my friends. I said, I will just, I will move my life. I will change my job. I will do whatever. I want this to come first. And I think it was that, that willingness um, that actually really was what, you know, what brought us together. Um, because I actually met John the next day online, um, not knowing that he was my husband and we didn't meet in person until a month after that. But the Lord took me at my word. And, and said, okay, we're going to do this now. Um, so online dating, let's talk about that. Do you want to give a few like etiquette tips or do's and don'ts from uh, for guys as you're setting up your profile? First of all, we... I'll give it a shot. Okay. We, we endorse online dating, right? Yeah. I think I we think have it's to. A, a great option for, uh, you know, today because there are so few, so few Catholics and many fewer like serious Catholics mm-hmm. that if that's what you're looking for... It's going to be really hard to find them outside yeah. of uh, online dating. So I'm totally it'll work great for us. There's yeah. there are you know concerns that come along with that I think and temptations and issues and stuff. But um, overall, I can't argue with the results. You know, so. <laughs> amen to that. And we know a lot of people who have met online. A lot of really yeah, good, solid couples who are super happy together. And we ask them how they met, and they say online. We're like, oh, us too. So right. yeah, I I totally. You know, one thing is a woman that was so refreshing for me about about being on an online dating site was that when I met a guy in person, we knew it was a date. We had set this up as we, we were establishing that, you know, this we are discerning marriage mm-hmm. with one another. Um, and we chose to go with CatholicMatch.com, which I think was a good option too, because they ask you those questions about your orthodoxy, 
levels. You know, do you believe in this and this and this, these eight doctrines of the church that are very important? I had a rule for myself. I was like, I'm just not interested in considering someone who doesn't say yes to all of those things. Mm -hmm. So it was this great filtering where I knew that I was meeting someone who may or may not be my spouse, but at least they're a serious Catholic and we know we're on a date, which Mm -hmm. nowadays that is super confusing. There's a lot of people who just want to hang out and they never specify if this is a date or what. So, yeah. So I just thought that that was very refreshing. That's a huge plus in my mind um, is it it filters through a lot of the confusion. So Mm. back to my original question for you. As you're setting up your profile as a man, what would you recommend? And also messaging with women, what would you recommend? Uh, One thing I noticed. So I think I mentioned the first time I I talked with you about this. Um, I was only on there for a pretty brief period of time before I met Stacy. So I have a limited you know, idea of, of what's involved in, um, you know, to be exact. I think it was one day. It was, it was, it was yeah. one day. It was the first day. It was you one joined. day before I met Stacy. Yeah. And then I was on there for a little while afterwards. Um, but one thing I noticed is for me, it worked well. Like for me, it just felt kind of creepy to be looking at people's, you know, pages and profiles and like creeping on them and stuff. And, <laughs> Do you think so, though? Because, like, we invited that. I, I know. We set up it, a I know profile. That's what it's meant. You mm-hmm. know, that's what it's meant for. It's not like it's wrong. It just feels weird to me. So. It's definitely like a. Yeah, it feels like being on Facebook, but you're dating. Right. Yeah. The thing with Facebook is, like, you know these people already. Mm-hmm. And you're just finding out more about them, which is, in a way, kind of. Kind of not as, as weird. <clears throat> but, But I found, like,. You form such a an image or conception of somebody before you meet them by looking at their profile. Right. And, like, you can fall in love with that conception or or decide that that conception is, you know, not the kind of person you'd ever fall in love with when that might not actually be the case. That's a good point. Like, um, so I, I tried to limit myself to just, like, looking at somebody's profile enough to know, do I want to go on a date with this person or not? If I do, then let's, you know, initiate this messaging thing, try to... Yeah. Try to get together and find out who you actually are, because even the little bit that I saw on your profile, which I think was like half of what you had even written, I didn't know she was on a TV show and stuff before I met. <laughs> um, he didn't read that far into the profile. No, I got to Unicycle and Saint Therese, and I was like, "This, this is a this is a definite maybe." <laughs> um, but yeah, like I had an idea of who you were. Yeah. Before I met you, and it took it took you know a little while to to rid myself of that and to see you more fully and um purely i guess and i'm i'm glad i did but like you're you're so much better than i thought you were mm, and thank you yeah so it's a temptation to to hold on to that idea of who you think somebody is and sure. you can even feel like resentful if they're not that person or if you feel like they misrepresented themselves or something like mm. that um yeah it's really hard yeah. I, I think that's probably one of the hardest things about online dating is you get this idea in your mind of this person and you sort of fall in love with that person really quickly and you start planning out. This is from me, my perspective. You mm. start planning out your future children, what they're going to look like. Oh, we could live in this house. We could live in this mm. area of the country. Oh, I'll totally move to wherever, you know, wherever he is. And you have all of that. And maybe he hasn't even messaged you back. Or maybe you're just, you know, just stuck in this sort of pattern of like not yeah. getting off the ground with communication. Mm-hmm. And that's really, that is a hard thing. And I, I want to validate that because... I think when people go on Catholic match and they're sincerely trying to meet a spouse, mm-hmm. you continue to have to go through this process of just, or, or Catholic chemistry is another one, by the way, uh, that I recommend. Um, that one's really good. You go through this process of just having to almost like take, like 
pay attention to your desires, but then also surrender those desires continuously to God without getting too attached too quickly, because that Mm. person has to have the freedom to say yes or no as well. Yeah. One thing that you did that I really appreciated was you took our communication from online to in-person as soon as possible. And I loved that because it gave me a chance to really get to know the real you. And you also took the initiation to say, I will come from Pennsylvania to Long Island. I will drive six hours to come and meet you. And it made it easy for me. It made it simple. Um, There wasn't this, you know, right from the the very first piece of communication, I felt like I was being um, pursued, Mm -hmm. which was what I had already decided that I I wanted. I didn't want to have to drag someone along. I'm a very type A go-getter kind of person. And I was like, if I'm the dominant one in the relationship, if, if he can't show initiative to ask me on a date, if I'm the one who has to say, hey, let's meet up in person, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to, it was really hard, but I said, I want to be, you know, I want someone who can, who can show that he can keep up with me in a way um, and take his own initiative. Um, and so that, that was really nice that I didn't have to force you to do anything. You just took that, that role and that responsibility. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's see, with online dating, there's. Can I, can I say another thing? Yeah, <clears throat> go for it. That occurred to me. Um, I would, I would encourage anybody who tries it to just really enjoy it and appreciate mm. the fact that like. This is such a blessing that we get to do this, mm. to have access to just like wonderful Catholic women or Catholic men um, that are all serious about their faith. You know, hopefully you can you can kind of um, filter out the ones that aren't serious about it and just enjoy messaging them and talking to them and um, be grateful for like every interaction because mm-hmm. it doesn't have to go anywhere necessarily. It's just really good to be interacting with like, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ. It's it's really cool. And it's a really good perspective. Only good things are going to come of it if you if you approach it in that way, I think. Mm, right. Yeah. If you notice that your heart is getting dragged through the mud just by the simple fact of not getting messaged back by someone or feeling like you should have more people messaging you mm, than sure. are messaging you. If your heart is lonely and if you're approaching this from a very um, sort of a feeling of, of desperation, which I, no matter how strong we are, we, we mm. all have that. Like even if we're secure and confident in ourselves, you know, it is, it does feel uncomfortable to put yourself out there in that way with the potential of rejection. It's a risk. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really good perspective. Like just the fact that the platform exists is good in and of itself. Mm -hmm. And, and I would say that if you're approaching it with a feeling of sadness or desperation, that's an invitation that God wants you to go to him. Mm -hmm. And he's saying, you know, there's a loneliness in your heart that really no person could fulfill. I'm here for you. I want to be that bedrock Mm -hmm. for you. I want to be that first, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that first person in your life. You know, and even as I was messaging, I totally did that too. Even though I really felt like, you know, I knew Jesus was my beloved. I knew I was secure. I knew I was found by him. But there still is that that desire for human validation. Um, Another thing I think to address with online dating is that it can get really overwhelming. As a woman, I think men, the a lot of men do did want to pursue. They did want to initiate a conversation, and that was a wonderful thing. But when you're new on the site, they put you at the top of all the search engines <laughs> for everybody. And so you get a ton of messages. At least I did. I got a lot of messages on the very first day, and it was overwhelming. And it was like, who do I even respond to? Um, right. And this would be a tip for the gentlemen out there who maybe are considering going online. I would say I've heard this from women and this was my experience. I wanted a man to say pretty quickly, Hey, let's move this to, you know, may I, may I call you on the phone and then may I meet up with you in person? Because I didn't want to spend every night of the week setting these, you know, 25,000 word essays Mm. to a man 
And if you're messaging multiple guys and you're like, this is such a time suck for me. Like I'm not, I'm sitting in front of my computer. I'm not even talking to anybody. I'm just like, we're going back and forth. I don't even know where this is leading. Yeah, totally. A few messages are great. And then if you're feeling good about it, just say, yeah, let's take this to the next level. So Mm -hmm. I would invite the gentleman to do that. Another thing I wanted to talk about is there's a question of like, should a woman initiate conversation? Should a Mm -hmm. woman initiate, you know, just to let a guy know that she's out there? I say, yeah, totally. What I, what I did was I had a little rule for myself, which was that I I would send an emoji to a guy. (laughs) Everyone is a little bit different, but I was like, you know, if I see a guy I'm interested in, maybe he hasn't found my profile. Maybe he's looking on different filters than I am. So he's not going to find me. If I see a guy who looks like he's, you know, Mm. a good potential match, I'll send him an emoji. If he responds with a message, if he sends me back an emoji, we're not going many places from there. But if he sends me a message back like, hey, how are you? I'd like, you know, tell me more about yourself or something like that. That I, I just decided that that was something that I was sure. willing to do. So I was actually the first one who reached out to John with an emoji. And I think it was during Lent. So did I send you the little fish sandwich it wasn't emoji? The fish one. Fortunately, it was not the fish one. <laughs> <laughs> we not, might not be here if it was right. the fish sandwich emoji. <laughs> it's just uh, it a blushing, smiley face. Coquettish. Oh, <laughs> Uh, you know me. Yeah, stole my heart. <laughs> well, I saw that it was John's first day on the site, and I thought maybe he's not going to find me. There's so many profiles out there. He's in Pennsylvania. I'm on Long Island. But I really like the look of his face <laughs> and what sparse information there was about you. And I thought maybe this yeah. is just a guy who I would like to meet. And, um, yeah, another tip for, for the gentleman out there, I think, Maybe some girls do this too. I could only see men's profiles, so I really can only give advice to men. I think it's probably more likely that girls really prepare like a full profile. They're mm-hmm. like, here's a picture of me holding my nieces and nephews so you can get an idea of what that's going to be like. <laughs> here's you know, here's a picture of me with my family. Here's a picture of me out hiking with friends and doing all these fun things. And here's my like senior picture where I look my best. You know, girls will like... Mm-hmm. And they'll, they'll do all the information about themselves. At least that's what I did. For the guys, I can't tell you the number of guys who were like, I was like, I'm not even going to, like, I can't even see what you look like from your profile. Mm-hmm. All the pictures were like dark sunglasses and a baseball hat pulled down. And like maybe, or like a group photo where it's like, I don't even know which one you are in the photo. There's 1,200 people in this photo. Which one are you? And they're just like a little head in the background. Probably the least attractive one there. <laughs> Unless they wouldn't have included that specific group. <laughs> I don't know. That's true. That's yeah. kind of yeah. And I mean, you know, and I just think if you're if you're trying to make a first point of contact with someone and just say, here I am, be who you are. Mm-hmm. Have a friend take a photo of you. We're living in the digital age where there is so many, there's so many cameras. Everyone has a camera on their phone. Just have a friend take a picture of you. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you know, Brad Pitt, that's fine because whoever you're going to end up with is going to love you for who you are anyway. Um, and I kept telling the Lord, I was like, Jesus, I only need one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because it, get, it can get so overwhelming. And sometimes you're like, I just don't know if I keep messaging all these people back. If I just say, hey, I'm not interested in messaging you anymore unless you want to meet up in person. What do I even do with this? And I just I just kept saying to the Lord, like, Lord, just bring me that one. Just please make it really clear um, who that one is. Yeah. Yeah. This is backing up a little bit. But um, yeah, I, I would just say you really have to make sure you only using it as a stepping stone mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, because I don't know to just like continually message somebody and um, avoid meeting in person or or just like not initiate that is such sissy stuff and it's lame 
<laughs> you know, speaking of, of uh, kind of how our story went, just like what you're saying there, um, you actually had to message me three times before I answered. So I sent him an emoji. He messaged me back the next day. I was the reason that he moved from free profile into, you know, I'm going to pay. I'm going to put down some money for this. That's right. And he messaged me and I didn't respond because I had stopped signing into my account. I had reached that point of this orphan spirit of Mm. I am feeling desperate. I'm feeling my little heart is being dragged through the mud. I just have to quit this for a minute. So I had stopped messaging anybody. I had stopped signing into the site for like three weeks. Mm. And then I signed back in. And God bless John. He had three messages spaced like a week apart. So it wasn't creepy. But he had sent me three messages over the course of three weeks saying like, hey, I would I would really love, you know, I'd love to meet you. Uh, you know, tell me to stop messaging you if you want me to. But uh, if you want, I, I would be happy to come meet you. Was, you know, kind of ticked. Maybe I mentioned this before, but kind of ticked that she disappeared after I paid for this service because I was pretty convinced she was just like a fictitious Catholic match, like perfect girl. But they... That, like automatically sends coquettish emojis to people so that they would pay money for this thing. I'm a robot. So it's like, You're really yeah, sweet. Stop playing with me. You're really sweet. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, no, I'm real, though. Here I am. But, but you know, it, I think it's indicative that even if you don't do it perfectly, like there's such a fear of, like, what if, what if I miss this perfect person? I didn't do it perfectly. I stopped signing in for three weeks. I don't even know how many messages I didn't answer in that time. But the fact that I had three messages from John and they were all polite but clear that he would like to come meet me in person made me think you know I really I, I'm gonna hand it to this guy like he he's 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 he really wants to meet me sure let's give this guy let's give this guy a, sh- a chance and I was you know and like I mentioned I felt I felt upset and I was just went before the blessed sacrament and I was like blessed sac- you know Jesus like bring me my husband so it was definitely in that place of openness but I didn't know how to move forward mm-hmm. without uh, I didn't quite know how to take that risk in a healthy way, mm-hmm. but you helped make that easier for me because right from the get-go, you showed me that you were um, not creepily focused on me, but focused on me enough that you wanted to pursue something. So he came out to meet me. And any other online dating tips before we move on from this? Um, Patience. We talk, We touched on that for a second, but... Yeah, there's oh, yeah, a yeah, sure. there's an awesome prayer that I will put in the show notes, and it's like, over, above all, trust in the slow work of God. Um, that like you are mm-hmm. still becoming, you cannot be what you are until you get there. Basically, like God is God is trust that God is working behind the scenes. Yeah. in everything, um, and I think that's so important for online dating. You know, yeah, definitely. yeah, because mm-hmm. there were there were some men that I did go on dates with, and I was not called to be their spouse, um, and. It was hard for them to hear that, but I just made a rule for myself. I was like, I'm going to try to be really clear with them. And if I'm not feeling it after one Mm -hmm. date or two dates, I'm just going to tell them. I'm not sure I did it perfectly in every instance, but that's maybe another thing is if you go on a date, you meet up in person, maybe you've spent some money, you know, invested some money into a date or maybe time, you know, our time Mm -hmm. is precious. You've invested something of yourself and then it's, you know, you just don't feel it. Like sure. it's okay to say no, no, thank you. Like I, the way I would word it is by saying like, I think you are a wonderful person. I think mm. you are a fantastic person, but I just don't, um, I just don't feel a desire or I don't, I don't feel called to move forward. Sure. Um, you know, don't hide behind the excuse of like, I don't think God's calling me, but, but you know, like 
say in a polite way, like, my heart just is not in this. And I said that to a couple of guys. It was hard for them to hear at the time, but it's so much easier to hear it then than six months down the road when you've kind of known it in your heart all along. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's better than just disappearing, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, oh, yes. Don't ghost on someone. So I would encourage you also, something I really think is awesome about Catholic Match is that the patron of the site is St. Raphael. And so I would pray regularly to St. Raphael. And um, it was good, like, before every message or every time I would look at somebody's profile just to, like, say a little prayer. Not in a desperate way, like, God, man, please, please let this be the one. Let this dating thing be over or whatever. I don't know. Um, but just enjoy it and appreciate the opportunity and just, like, I don't know. I can't say enough, like, just have fun with it and um, offer it to God and he's going to do beautiful things with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that even points to a deeper underlying potential issue is, do I want my vocation so that I can just feel a sense of safety Or am I happy in myself Mm -hmm. right now? And there's a lot to be said about joyful singlehood, about giving yourself to others. And then, uh, yeah, there were, there were definite moments where I just, I was like, you know what? I'm being taken on a date today by Mm -hmm. someone. I don't know what this person is going to be like, but you know, the, maybe it's overused to say like embrace the adventure, but this is an opportunity to get to know someone and it doesn't, we tend to kind of go to extremes in our mind. Like if this isn't my husband, then I'm wasting time. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, you might learn something about yourself. You might make a wonderful friend. You know, this might be painful. It might be risky. You might lose something, but you're also going to gain, who knows what you're going to gain. You don't know what you're going to gain yet. Sure. It's beautiful. As a guy too, once it comes down to like the in-person portion of the dating experience, um, it can be hard, I think. You might either be nervous or just, like, not know exactly what your purpose is on the first date. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not saying I did this perfectly, but strive to just be a gentleman in the sense, not simply that you're, like, holding doors for the girl and stuff like that. Definitely do that. But um, make your focus to try to put them at their ease and make them comfortable mm-hmm. and um, just, like, give them as enjoyable and peaceful an experience as you can for the day like make that your job like i'm just gonna treat this girl to a nice day you know mm-hmm. the best way you can mm-hmm. and like make that your purpose it's it's good for guys to have to know their purpose to feel a purpose mm-hmm. and to pursue that and that'll put you more at ease i think and yeah. facilitate like a deeper um connection that was really good oh, yeah nice. and and you did it really well on our first date although he did make a really big mistake and i think this is worth talking about you're never gonna live this down sorry honey <laughs> wondering which one it is <laughs> there's only one on the first date oh, which is that he showed up an hour and a half late so john had to drive through new york city he came from pennsylvania through new york city to long island to meet me and he doesn't have he didn't have a cell phone at that point and i was honestly i was like he was like i don't have a cell phone so i'm gonna you know i'm gonna whatever and he's like but basically you can't call me <laughs> And um, I was like, what is this? Who is this weirdo? And of course, now that was one of those like early on, I was like, red flags must work through. Like, <laughs> who is this man coming out to see me? Um, I was like, does he see a social outcast? What is going on? So he couldn't call me to tell me that he was going to be late. He only had maps. He did not have uh, GPS. And so he got terribly, terribly lost and late. And I think you've told me many times about how you were sweating. Harlem is a beautiful, beautiful part of town. <laughs> It turns out. <laughs> Harlem is gorgeous. And yeah. there was much, you were sweating buckets and saying a lot of Hail Marys going up and down the. I think I was all the way down to like 
62nd Street or something at my at my furthest from where I was supposed to be. Yeah, it was, it was ugly. Oh my gosh, you should have taken the 59th Street Bridge. Anyway, anyway, it's all water under the bridge. Yeah, hey, that was good. Good job, me. So he finally made it out to Long Island, and I had packed us a picnic lunch. I went ahead and ate the picnic lunch. I was feeling pretty spicy at that point because I was like, this guy, he doesn't even have a cell phone. He's not, where is he? He's showing up late. Um, how inconsiderate of him to not even call. And so, and I had taken a dance class that morning. I was really hungry and I was like, I'm just going to eat this lunch that I packed for us. You know, forget you. And then he shows up and I took my sweet time going downstairs to get the door. And (laughs) John, the first words you said to me, I'll never forget this. You turned around and you had your backpack on your back and you just like turned around and you just like hung your head and you were like, I am so sorry. And I saw your face, and I was like, oh, he's so attractive. And I was like, oh, he really is so sorry. Like, it was just such sincerity that I was like, I'm sure in that moment it went from, oh, my gosh, you've wasted my time. You're so, like, inconsiderate. Like, forget you. I set aside my whole afternoon. I waited for you for lunch. I packed us a lunch, and now you're so inconsiderate. And in that little moment, just your sincerity and your sweetness, I could see. Yeah, it was like he's he has a a story to tell me about he has a good reason was my was my thinking yeah it was a good place to start because i knew i i could only go up from there hopefully (laughs) honestly yeah 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 so we on our first date we i don't know we went for a very long walk um john was very i think one thing that i really appreciated was that you didn't seem to have an agenda you were just genuinely interested in me and what i wanted to talk about and you're also really good at asking a lot of open-ended questions about me um we went walking and ended up at the beach on long island and he drew a beautiful picture of me and yeah and um just along the way i I just felt i just felt so peaceful Mm -hmm. and i remember you offered then to take me to dinner and you said yeah well we can go anywhere you want and i love that like some i know sometimes there's some girls want a guy to plan out a date so that you don't have to tell them what you want Mm -hmm. i appreciated being you know hearing we'll go yeah let's go wherever you want or i can you know and i think the understanding too is that you would pick a place if i wanted you to sure um but yeah just just really putting me at my ease and um i remember walking away from our first date um well okay the moment before our first date ended. So I had kind of set aside the afternoon. Then I was like, if this goes terribly, I'll tell him that I have to go to mass with my community members. I was living on Long Island in a young adult discernment community. There was the option that I could have asked you to come to mass with us. But I was like, if this goes terribly, I'll just tell him like, yeah, I have to go to mass, you know, I'll see you later. Mm-hmm. But if it goes well, I can be like, hey, would you like to come to mass with me? You know, I don't want to be duplicitous or anything, but I was like, I have no idea who this guy is. Sure. So, so I did invite you to mass with us and, yeah. um, and then we were saying goodbye in the dark and I think, I think we gave each other a hug or something like that. And yeah, I think so. Yeah. And then you, you were, they thought you handled this really well. You said like, I, um, what was the wording? You said something like, I, uh, if I don't want to miss an opportunity or you said, when are you free next? Cause I don't want to miss an opportunity to see you again. If, yeah. if you would like, I might've even brought up, it was just. It was fortunate that my brother was going to be taking a trip out to Long Island mm-hmm. in a, about a month um, in the future. And so I said, you know, I told her that and I said, you know, I would, I would hate to miss an opportunity to see you if mm-hmm. if you'd be willing to, to see me again. So. Yeah. And it was nice because I felt invited without feeling like I felt like he's going to make it happen. He's going to come see me again. I don't I don't at this point have to start moving my life away to, mm. to be with him. I don't have to chase after him. He's coming to me. But at the same time, there was the understanding that, like, if you don't want that, that's totally okay. 
you know, which I think right. was even if, well even if you don't have a brother, you can use that and just say, <laughs> I have this, I know this guy who may or may not be my brother and he may or may not be coming out here in a month. Yeah. I don't know. And, and yeah, there you go. Yeah. Just giving him the lines. Good job. Um, and so, uh, I, I, at that point, I wasn't sold on the fact that you were my future husband at that point. Cause I remember, I remember walking back into the ha- you know, into my home and saying like, huh, what a, what a, what a nice boy. Like what a, what a great guy. Like just like, like yeah. Like what a sweet boy. Like he's really, and at this point, John, you had no I was, job. I was younger than her. So you're two years younger than I am. So yeah. that's really awkward. I was a boy. You were but a boy. I was 26. He was 24 when we met. Yeah. Um, which I still haven't quite gotten over the fact that I'm two years and one month older than you. Um, for that one month of the year when I'm three years older than you, it's like a very awkward time in my life. I just feel like very wrong. But uh, we're moving past it as we get older. So anyway, I I really felt um, I felt like I I felt very much at peace. And I was like, what a really, what a lovely feeling. Mm. Like, I didn't feel like there was, I didn't have to do any mental gymnastics to process anything that you'd said. You know, everything, you you were so sweet and sincere. You didn't have a job um, and because you'd been taking care of your grandma for a year and a half. And so normally that's like a kind of a red flag for a lot of women. Yeah. It's like, are you ready to get married if you don't even have a job? But the reason you didn't have a job was because your grandma had been sick and you had just been her full-time caretaker for a year and a sure. half, which was about the best reason that I could think of for anybody to not have a job. So I was like, let's just see where this goes. And um, and then our second date was a month later when you did come out to Long Island with your brother. Yeah. And I was, <laughs> this was kind of a litmus test. I was having 25 actors from New York City out to my home on Long Island for a Memorial Day party. And I was like, if he can be around these people, because I knew you were very soft-spoken and quiet. And, um, uh, and so I was like, if he can handle himself around these people, I was like, I'm not going to babysit him. I've had to do that with guys before. I'm not going to take him around and make him feel okay. I'm just going to let him be who he is. And he's going to, he's going to come to this party with all these people. And if, if he can handle that, if he has a good time, um, then we might be going somewhere because, you know, with me, I'm, I'm, I'm a lot, I'm an extrovert. I'm very talkative. Sure. And, uh, and you did beautifully. You were. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. For the second date, we've went to a winery and then we had the party and you <laughs> this was a moment where I was like this guy is this guy has got it going on you were like what can I do to help is what you kept saying throughout the mm. night and you stayed up I think till 3 a.m with me cleaning up after the party right mm-hmm. those were the days when we like stayed up late yeah right? and then I remember waking up at like 5 30 the next morning <laughs> just thinking like wow was it all a dream <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, good times. Good times. So good times. I was the first girl that John ever dated, like went on a date with. Yeah. And at the time, um, you've told me before that you would have married me on the first date or you would have, if you had the choice between never seeing me again and marrying me after that first date, you would have married me. Yeah. Is that right? For sure. Yeah. So you kind of knew. You knew right away. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. How did you? How could you not? <laughs> there, there have been plenty who <laughs> haven't. <laughs> blind. You're so sweet. Um, So how did you sort of... One thing that that I thought was just so impressive about the way you handled everything was it took me a long time. It took me like three months to realize that you were, you know, also the one I wanted to to marry. In that time, long time, you know, haha. In that time, how did you stay really patient while also 
giving me the freedom to say no if that wasn't what I wanted. How did that mm. go for you? Cool. Um, I'll just mention briefly because you mentioned that people asked about, like, should you date multiple people at once? Oh, that's a good point. Yes, this goes back to online dating. Can you, like, see multiple people or message yeah. multiple people? Great question. And so I had, I'd been messaging with other people trying to meet up and I had, you know, before I met Stacy, set up a date with somebody the following day, actually. And oh, really? Yeah. Player. I guess so. No, whatever. You can go on two dates with <laughs> It's fine. Approaching that in the same way, like, I was already super attracted to Stacy and excited about that potential relationship. <clears throat> um, but just knowing that, like, this is a blessing to be able to spend an afternoon with another, like, sister in Christ and mm -hmm. to try to put her at her ease and give her, you know, an enjoyable afternoon. Mm -hmm. And that's how I approached it. And it was, it was great. It was just, like, really enjoyable for both of us. And at the end of it, I actually mentioned, um, like, I had a date with somebody between when I set this up with you and, and today. And, um, does that make sense? Oh, I'm meaning saying. like on our first date, you told me that you had a date with another person? On, on my date with this other girl, I mentioned okay. that, uh, yeah, that I had met you and, okay. um, was like pretty interested in pursuing that. And, um, she was like, that's, that's totally fine. You know, like if it doesn't work out, let me know. And I was like, mm. that sounds great. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was, that was good. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like I don't think it would have been wrong for me at that point to continue to go on dates, but I just wasn't interested at that point. I was like, mm. um, I really wanted to pursue Stacy. Um, and so it's, it's like your own call. Like, do you feel impelled to pursue somebody exclusively? If you do go with that and offer that, offer that to God and he'll work with that. I think. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you were asking about like the three months cause we were long distance at the time. We were until we got married. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, um, I guess like, so I saw my job at that point as pursuit, I guess, you know, like pursue, <laughs> pursue Stacy. And so it's, it's a little weird. Your job as a guy is to let, to pursue someone, to let them know that they're being pursued, mm -hmm. but also to let them know that they're totally free. Um, and that's a balancing act, but it's, it's really good. And it's, it's a pretty sweet know job to have as a guy yeah um to try to balance that and it's so, hard it takes a lot of bravery and so much courage because you might r lose everything you might invest six mm -hmm. months in someone and then they say no but at the same time too it's kind of the only way to do it i feel because if you're going to have a marriage it has to be for the right reasons and it has mm -hmm. to be sure. free you know free total faithful fruitful yeah definitely and so setting that up right from the get-go is is yeah. beautiful yeah and also recognizing that like every good gift that God gives you, um, like the, the afternoon I spent with Stacy was such a gift and so precious and wonderful. And to receive that, like in my relationship with God, to receive that as like an opportunity to offer that to him mm. in whatever, in whatever way he wants it. Mm -hmm. And to be really grateful for that. Cause like the more precious the gift, the more precious the offering you can make to God. Mm. And as it started to build and grow and I was you know, more and more in love with Stacy, knowing that like, you know, even if this goes the way that I don't want it to go, like, this is amazing that I get to offer this to God and, uh, he's going to do marvelous things with whatever that is, that offering or, wow. or that relationship. So, right. Yeah. I think it's so easy when you love someone or really like someone to say, 
just to want to put ownership on it and to start to say, I'm entitled to this. I'm, you want, you want that security to come along with Mm -hmm. that. And it's so hard not to have that security before you have, you know, the, the, the real, um, before you fully know what something is when you're still exploring it. Yeah. And I, I think in our relationship that culminated in a moment where I almost broke up with you. Yeah. Which we should probably talk about. So we were three months into our relationship and John invited me to go on vacation with his family to the beach for a couple of days. That was a pretty big move, actually. We'd only been dating a month and a half or two months at that point. Not, mm-hmm. No, like a month. It was a month. My family's a little bit like, that's kind of weird, man. You hardly know this girl. And we had, we'd been going to the beach every year, every year since I was a little kid and it was just the family. We never invited yeah. friends or anything. So yeah. I had some convincing to do, but. You did a good job. Yeah. Thank you. It was neat. I got to meet his grandma and, uh, yeah. So I'm going out packing to get ready to go to the beach, super excited and like, oh man, we could not wait to see each other. I was so happy and excited. And I was living in this place that had four chapels. It was this amazing young adult community. And so I went to the chapel and I was praying and I was trying to offer, you know, our relationship, our budding relationship to the Lord. And I got this kind of vision of myself in a habit, which if you guys know my story, I discerned religious life, um, and I was done with that part of my life. I felt, you know, that door to my heart had closed. At one point it had been wide open and I was so excited to go to a convent. But it had closed now and I was so excited to pursue John. And it was horrible. It was like, God, why are you bringing this up now when I'm falling in love with this man who is like the best looking guy I've ever seen in my life and seems to have like a really, you know, amazing family and like I could just see our future together. And again, it was that desire to like put ownership on something. Um, and then there was this feeling like, well, maybe God is just saying, nope, I'm cutting you off at the knees. Like, this is your sacrifice to me. This is your offering to me. And I'm like, God, why are you taking this away from me? But I still knew in the big picture, you know, pursuing, pursuing wisdom, pursuing the big picture and all of this, I knew that if we were going to get married, it had to be for the right reasons. And so I said, okay, God, I will just go, I will go to the convent if you want me to. And I knew I had to tell John, like, I don't know what is up right now. Um, my heart is not in this at all, but I feel like God might be pursuing, might be asking me to be open to religious life. So I went to the beach and we sat down on the sand. And, uh, the first moment that we had to be alone, I just kind of told you we were sitting exactly like we are now, um, minus the holding hands part. And, um, I, maybe we were, I don't know, but I told you what was on my heart and, and you just listened really, um, really beautifully. I'm sure it was not what you were expecting to hear. Like if some, if you had sat down and told me that there would have been a lot to work through as far as just, like, but you're on vacation here with me. Let's just forget about this. Mm. What about my feelings? What about my, you mm. know, desires or something? But you didn't have any of that in your eyes or in your manner. And you were just very, you just said very simply, like, I love you and I want what's best for you. And, you know, if God wants you to be a nun, I don't own you. Um, I want, you know, I'd be so happy to help you get there if that's what God wants for you. And um, I still, to this day, don't know how anyone could have the courage to take that kind of a risk because um what a you know it was so immediate and it was so uh so full your your surrender of our relationship and yeah and you know what was so good ultimately of course I wasn't meant to give you up I was meant to marry you and I uh, I think that moment served a purpose. It wasn't the purpose that I thought. I thought that maybe I was going to go be a nun, and that was the purpose of that vision. But the purpose of the vision was to to offer our relationship to God, was for me to say to God, I will give this to you if you want me to. And for John to have an opportunity to say, 
to God, I want this for the right reasons and to prove your character, um, that you were strong enough to do hard things for me, which you have done many hard things for me in our almost four years of marriage. (laughs) Yeah. We've had two babies less than a year apart and it has been quite, it has been quite difficult. We've moved four times. We've changed jobs, uh, had two children, bought a house. Um, there's been a, there's been a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of, a lot of opportunities to give. And so you, you started that before we ever had children, before we ever got engaged. Thank you. That was, that was actually way easier. (laughs) So (laughs) I would get stuff, man. Yeah, having kids is having hard. Kids yeah, we it's should great. probably talk about it's that. It's great, but it's... Yeah. The physical exhaustion of having children, first but, of all. Yeah, I mean, just kind of reiterating what you said. Um, especially with something like having kids. Especially with something like having our kids. Like, you almost you almost have to start with that offering, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and even if you feel like you offered it well at that point... The kids are going to show you the ways that you haven't offered it quite completely, the ways that you're not <laughs> pure or the ways that you are selfish or that kind of thing. Yes. Anyway, so it's all good. Yeah. It's, it's all it's all really good, but sometimes it doesn't feel good. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think, you know, probably most of my viewers or listeners to this show are, are people who are serious about their faith and um, and they they understand that your vocation is your gift. It's not mm. it's not something that exists to serve you. You exist to serve it, to mm. give yourself away. And in that sense, marriage is such a full gift. Like there is no vocation that is easier. Truly. Right. I wake up some mornings and I'm like, it would be so much easier to be a nun. And I really do think that sometimes. You know, of course, it's not easier to be a nun. Nuns have their own battles to go through. But just in terms of um, the amount of service that I have to do, the, amount, the number of times that I have to rise above myself and say, I would rather do this right now, but my children need this right now, or or my husband needs this, is um, extraordinary. You know, mm-hmm. I used to think it would be so hard to be one of those in one of those orders where they get up in the middle of the night to pray or get up mm-hmm. super early to pray. Well, how many times have I gotten up at 3 a.m. to feed the baby? How many right. times have I been up four times a night to right. feed our kids? And I don't mean to say, like, it's miserable or anything because it's so joyful and so beautiful and so good. Um, but the right from, I think it's so, so interesting. Like you can look back at our dating and you can say the structure of being self gift was, had to be there all along. Like right mm-hmm. from that first date, the, the moment of, um, our, our first interaction and, and forming our family charism, forming who we are now as a couple started in those early days. Um, and, and so often I think, you know, even if you are super serious about your faith and, and have good intentions, you can focus on the wrong things. Mm. And it's so hard to know what to focus on. Like, I know this stuff is not easy. Um, but the fact that, you know, John showed his character throughout our our discernment of marriage and had that opportunity to do hard things, even while we were still having so much fun getting to know each other. Um, and the fact that he was able to put me at my ease and, and make this sort of a, a comfortable experience for me dating him was... Um, something that that has you know there's a continuity that carried through into our marriage um yeah i would say a hallmark of our relationship for me was um was peace Mm, yeah definitely yeah yeah what was the moment when you kind of um well let's see how did you feel like a call to marry me if you don't mind my asking like how what did that feel like to you Mm -hmm. yeah a similar question is 
um, did I feel called to marriage or did I feel called to Stacy? Like, did I oh, feel called to marriage outside too. of Stacy? Let's do that um, one. Um, but I, I want to kind of answer them both together. Um, and yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel particularly called to marriage. I've, I had felt desires for marriage since I was a kid, but I think just about everybody does. Um, but yeah, I, the same thing with like discerning religious life. I kind of felt called to religious life, but at a certain point I didn't feel called to any specific order. And so you can't really have one without the other. Mm, mm -hmm. And like, you can't be called to marriage without a spouse, without being called to a spouse. Mm -hmm. And for me, it came in the form of, um, you know, a spouse that I felt called to give myself to really being attracted to you and having a lot of peace in the pursuit of you. Mm. And at that point, I wasn't feeling called in any other direction. I didn't suspect that I was called to be a priest or be a monk at that point in a, a specific way. So I was just like, God, this is what you've given me. These are the desires that I'm feeling and working with. I'm going to offer them to you as best I can and ask you to purify them. And if they're not pure, you know, lead me elsewhere or mm. what, whatever you want to do. I'm going to like work with what you've given me here and just follow that to the altar basically all the way to the altar mm. and i i never got to the point before the altar where i was like i'm definitely called to this and i think it's it's good to preserve that kind of detachment and and stay open as much as you can to to god's voice directing you mm. um mm -hmm. wherever he wants to put you mm. and then like once once you say i do it's like now it's you know a next chapter now you know what your job is right um, now you know what you are called to at this moment and for the rest of your life. So Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, there's so much grace. I was amazed by that. Like, I could feel the grace of mm, the sacrament. Mm. Um, up until that moment, I I hadn't known what that was going to be like. And I'd always kind of struggled a little bit to see. I was like, am I so flaky that I can never commit to anyone? You know, I've, I've never committed to a job for, a, you know, more than a couple of years. I've never committed to a relationship for more than a couple of years. How do I know that I can do this my whole life? That grace was real and, like, gave me the ability to do heroic things that I would never have been able to do without it. And I'm not saying that, like, I'm a hero, but, like, God working in you when you say yes, when you mm -hmm. say I do, God does give you that, that grace. He does bless yeah. that marriage. Um, and, and I know there's, there's a big fear of marriage with a lot of people in our generation. And that's, um, understandable if you've seen the divorce rates. Um, but at the same time too, if you enter into it with that mentality, with that knowledge that there is going to be a lot of grace, um, it will be yeah. there for you. Mm -hmm. I notice it's also, it's also scary. Um, even for me now, like the idea of being married is kind of scary sometimes when I see when <laughs> I see when I see myself. I know my hair looked really weird this morning, but I didn't realize it was scaring it's gone you. Somewhere else so with that. Sorry. Like when I see myself and my own fallenness, and I'm like, I'm supposed to love a human, mm. you know? Like I'm supposed to give myself completely to a human, like me. Um, and that's I've I've recognized though that like that's exactly the way you should approach it is mm. not to imagine that you're marrying somebody who's perfect or sh or somebody who should be perfect or um or try to close your eyes to weaknesses or imperfections or faults or failures or whatever like 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 if those existed you w should love them less or something like that mm -hmm. it's like acknowledge that they are just as weak as you and mm. just as fallen as you and really love them in that and like mm. look at how much christ loves you and be like 
I want to do that for somebody else. That's beautiful. Um, you know. Yeah. So, yeah. I love that. We were just talking with our spiritual director this week about discerning a particular um, issue, discerning a particular opportunity that we have. And I love that he said, you know, don't expect there to not be tension in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Like. If you if what you're expecting is perfection, you're going to be disappointed. You mm-hmm. are going to disappoint each other. It's just part and parcel of being a human. Where you you know so to just give yourself permission to say there is going to be tension. You are going to want one set of things. I'm going to want one set of things. We are mm-hmm. individuals, sure. but to keep praying through that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's such that was such beautiful, good, solid advice because I think I had this idea in my mind that we need to like be on perfectly on the same page we need to have exactly the same dreams we need yeah. to um uh dream together in the same way in the way that i want you to and right. and the whole point is you're not going to do it in the way that i want you to mm-hmm. but that's okay god is going to step in and fill in the gaps there when we ask him to mm-hmm. and when we give each other just a lot of grace and a lot of patience and give ourselves a lot of patience yeah. and that has proven to be true in every challenge that we've mm-hmm. that we've come through together um yeah mm-hmm. i want to go back a little bit to the discerning marriage question about feeling called, uh, mm-hmm. feeling called to marriage. You know, what is that? As I mentioned before, I had already felt called to marriage before I met John. And I knew that that was the vocation that God was calling me to, or at least I very strongly suspected it. And then when I met John, it was all, uh, it started off with like, okay, is he a weirdo? Cause he doesn't have a cell phone. Um, and then I met him in person. I was like, wow, he's a really wonderful person but like i need i need more information um he came out to visit me again we kept you know we kept seeing each other kept making time to see each other and everything felt um peaceful in a way that it never had in a dating relationship before first of all not that this is an indication that you're supposed to marry someone but we just found the most beautiful nature together in our dating relationship Mm -hmm. it was like he would john would suggest a place and we'd we'd show up and it would be like the most resplendent beauty that i could possibly imagine it just felt like god was laying that path for us perfect weather too every every date until like at least our 10th date it was just absolutely perfect yeah i don't know it it, again these are these are much less important than the essence of it you know what i mean it's just like just like little i don't know um encouragements along the way that god can give you right and don't put too much weight on them but like Right. receive them for what they are which is just a gift it was a gift exactly i felt like the whole thing was a gift mm-hmm. and again there was that human tendency to want to put a, a title on it to want to move to the next step right away but i think in our dating relationship i did i did savor every moment mm-hmm. so so um so thoroughly and then um uh we let's see i was so i had a um oh my gosh i'm losing it i had scheduled this trip before we even met i had scheduled a trip to europe i had been promising myself i was going to go to europe all through my 20s and i was like i'm going to do it um and so i did i had my plane ticket booked and john knew that i was going to be gone for three weeks and so i went and saying goodbye to go to europe was hard it was hard knowing that i wasn't going to see you for three weeks that was going to be the longest i hadn't seen you and when i was in europe all i could think about was you all I could think about was, I want John to be here with me. Wouldn't this be so wonderful if John could Thanks. come here with me? And yeah, what if, I mean, it was like, I, that was confirmation to me was, I would love to have this person by my side right now. Mm. This is, I prefer that to being alone. I would prefer to be, you know, uh, in his company than to be alone. And so I came back feeling very certain that, you know, that, that you were the one I was going to marry. And I remember a particular moment just like praying and sitting on this hillside in Italy in a little town 
um, and and journaling and praying to the Lord. And I just felt a, a very um, a deep peace. I just imagined my life for the rest of my life, and I just something fell into place, and I said, "Yes, this is exactly the man. This is the one I want to have by my side." And it felt um, completely just full of desire um, and also full of peace and, um, you know, and maybe someone who's, who is called to marry someone doesn't feel that all, like my experience maybe isn't going to be your experience. Maybe you're going to enter into, you know, maybe you're going to have a fight the night before you get engaged. And and that doesn't mean you're not called to marry that person. It doesn't mean that you are, you know, conflict free. Mm -hmm. I think just for, in my story, just take it for what it is. It was just a feeling where all the pieces seemed to fall into place. And then I went home to your, from Europe to, I was visiting my family down in Virginia, and that mm-hmm. was your first opportunity to meet them was five months after we met. Mm-hmm. And on that weekend, the first time you'd met my parents, you asked me, or you asked my dad if you could marry me, yeah. which was bold, so bold. And um, and it was interesting because my mom and I knew like what you guys were talking about on the porch, mm-hmm. and my mom looked at me and she's like, are you ready to move forward with this guy? You know, she just wanted to take care of me, make sure that like I was on board with this. Mm-hmm. And, um, with every previous relationship, every guy I had brought home, I'd had five boyfriends, brought them home to meet my family. And each time I did, it was like, let's see how he does. Like, look, I'm like watching kind of like from this outside perspective, like, Ooh, if he gets along with my family, then that's a good sign. If he doesn't get along with my family, then, mm, you know, run away. But with you, I knew, I just had the sense that maybe John and my family, maybe they're not going to click. Maybe there's going to be something that comes up that's a little bit awkward or embarrassing or just not quite perfect, ideal, whatever. Maybe he's going to think my family's a lot to handle because we are, we're Italian and we're loud. But even so, even if that's the case for this weekend, I know that ultimately my family's going to love John and he's going to love my family. And this, is, this isn't a test of whether or not a relationship is going to move forward. I'm already at a place of peace in my heart about mm. this. And so when my mom was like, how do you feel about you know marrying him? Are you ready to like get engaged? And I just looked at her and said, yeah, I'm ready. Mm. And cool. it wasn't a, hey, well, what do you think, mom? You know, what, let, me, let me get your input here. Which is, you know, I think mm. we should rely on our, our close friends and family for advice. Absolutely. But just this was the first time in my life where I just felt that, you know, that that certainty. So, yeah. Yeah. Cool. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, for saying all that. Mm-hmm. Going back to uh, the point you made just prior to that, um, you were talking about how leading up to our marriage, um, a lot there was a lot of peace and a lot of... Um, excitement. Yeah, excitement and that kind of thing. And the the presence of, like, conflict or anxiety even doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean that you're not called to it or it's not best. Right. Um, and that's just, it's just a really hard thing to discern and there's no, you know, easy answer in doing that. You just have to do your best, but like it helps, I think to acknowledge like God, God can, um, tell different people at different times that like this spouse or this potential spouse, you know, isn't perfect and you have to love them in their, mm-hmm. in their imperfection. That's your job. And so like to acknowledge that primarily you're not called to this person necessarily, you're called to love. And mm. so like, even if there is anxiety, even if the relationship isn't perfect, um, like even if you wind up with somebody that's not, doesn't maybe at times doesn't feel like the right one. Like maybe you're not mm. totally confident about it. Know that like your first job is to love and to love them. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, Yes. And yeah, just like look for opportunities to, to love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do the right thing no matter what. And in that, 
the right answer for you will become clear because what God wants for you is for you to be happy. Like mm-hmm. his deepest desire for you is your deepest desire for yourself. There's not a division there. It's we've talked about that a lot on this show that you know, and this is one of my like breakthrough moments about discernment was that God's will for me is only good. And mm-hmm. the fact that, you know, God's will for me is you blows my mind. And I'm like, if there's anything I can tell my single self, it would be like, just wait, Stacy. Just like take a deep breath and be patient with yourself and relax because what's coming is so much better than what you could ever imagine. Mm-hmm. I got caught up so many times in why doesn't this guy like me? Why isn't there anyone who's liking me right now? You know, what is God playing tricks on me? And I know it sounds so hard. It's so easy to say and it's so hard to live, but like just don't worry because Mm. what's coming is so much better. And there's so many, there were relationships that I used to get all, I used to try to make them work when they weren't moving in a good direction. And I would just hang on and hang on and I would stress about them and obsess about them. And the, you know, the fact was that just, I was not at peace. You know, your vocation has to be livable. You have to wake up every morning and say, you know, I, I want to be with you uh, more than I want to be alone. And, you know, some days I never don't want to be with you, but some days like with just the challenges of family life, I would love to be alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my fantasy is sure. to have a desert island um, that John's going to buy me for my birthday and I get to go there and nobody's going to be wow. there. Which birthday? This one. This Shoot. upcoming birthday. <laughs> she gave me a little bit more notice on that. <laughs> just start saving your pennies. It's going to be fine. Um, so yeah, so, you know, the demands are real and certainly the desire to be alone is, is often real, but at the same time too, we were just saying this morning, we're on this beautiful little getaway and it's like so good to step back and just date each other Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. say, wow, the grandeur and the beauty of God's adventure for us is so good and beautiful and I wouldn't trade it for the world, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And even the beauty of the single life, I look back and I'm like, I had so much beauty and in that time that I didn't appreciate. Mm-hmm. I didn't appreciate the fact that I could go out for three hour coffee dates with my friends and I didn't yeah. have to like apologize to a babysitter or like drop, you know, $30 for a babysitter in order to be able to go out for a coffee date with my friend. Like right. things that, that I had then that I didn't appreciate, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I would just, I would tell my single self, enjoy those. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, anything let's see we should probably wrap we should wrap this up um yeah just i guess one one final thing i wanted to um point out about our wedding was and this is going along with everything that we've said before was instead of doing a garter toss uh you Mm. did a really beautiful thing for me which i think my mom told you about you want to tell us what that was sure yeah garter toss is just kind of weird and dumb Don't do that. No, no judging anyone who does a garter toss. It's a tradition that people do, and that's fine. That's great. Yeah, but it's dumb. <laughs> but uh, so we did a, a foot washing, and I, I don't. Yeah. I guess I hadn't told you about it beforehand. No. Uh, we had just set it up with with Stacy's mom and the, uh, the maid of honor, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so yeah, I just just washed her her footsies, and it was <laughs> pretty cool. She has beautiful foots, and you just like taking a, a time out from funny. the celebration to. Um, remind yourself and your spouse, I guess especially yourself, that like this is about serving you mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. making myself your servant. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, really I, I would have if we had planned it beforehand. I would have washed your feet too, but I think I was so surprised by it in the moment that I didn't think about that. Um, I don't. I didn't think about that just because like 
I don't know. I was too busy kissing your head as I you were washing I my wouldn't, feet. I wouldn't have wanted that. <laughs> really? It'd been awkward for me. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I uh, think. I but think, also, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I I don't have super strong opinions about it, but like Christ washed the apostles' feet, mm-hmm. um, but the apostles didn't wash Christ's feet, and I don't mm-hmm. think you want them to. I mean, like, I don't know. Well, there's, I mean, there's a beautiful there's, symbolism there as the the husband as being the head sure, of the family, right. you know, serving, laying his life down for his wife. and there's, yeah, yeah, and there's like, we are mutually each other's servants. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like the man, it's more appropriate to do it in a more public way for the man than, hmm. for, than for the woman. Cool. Not sure. Just a thought. Yeah. Either is beautiful, though. Some couples yeah. do wash each other's feet, and that is beautiful. Sure. Um, so, yeah, without getting into too many specifics of, like, yeah. <laughs> how dare you wash each other's feet? <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah, so thanks for thanks for joining us for this episode. You know, if you have questions, please reach out on my website, stacysummerow.com. We'd be so happy to answer questions about marriage in a future episode. I'll have to have you back, John. Um, see if I'm available. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, or leave a comment below if you're watching on YouTube. Um, and we're just thrilled that you joined us today. You know, don't be afraid of God's adventure. If you're called to marriage, it is a good and a beautiful and a holy and wonderful adventure and yeah, gorgeous vocation. Have fun and don't be a sissy. <laughs> That's the tagline of this episode. Have fun and don't be a sissy. Cool. Featuring John Summero. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for watching or listening. And we'll catch you next time on Calling Caffeinated. Cool. I love you. Thank love you. you. Thanks. That was fun. <laughs> that was fun. He's pretty great, right? Yes. I love that guy. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode, whether this is your first or your 42nd episode. It's just such a pleasure and a joy to be with you like this. And um, know that my prayers for you, please feel free to reach out on my website, stacysummero.com. I love getting questions about your burning questions about discernment, and I will do my very best to find an expert guest to answer those questions. So until next time, stay well, stay safe, and may God bless you.